you hear that? Sound like a car was snoring when it went past. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Toss Salads and Scrambled Eggs, a Fraser podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Diana. And today we're talking about episode 823, A Day in May. There's a beacon of doom. There's a beacon of doom? Okay. It's summoning the doom. It's like, we've all seen that monster movie by the lost guy. <laughs> you know, the one with the monster... And it's like in the city, and it's like, oh, shaky camera, shaky camera. <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters. Just it's Cloverfield. That. Yeah, I kept, I kept wanting to not call it that. Uh huh. Okay, so why are you bringing up Cloverfield? Because of Beacon of Doom, and it's calling the Cloverfield monster. Oh right, right. Of course, of course, that's what's happening. Twenty Help. minutes and forty-seven seconds. It's a very short episode. That is a really short episode. I mean, because I think the other ones were like it's about a minute or so shorter. Yeah, yeah, that's very short. Okay, writers on this episode a little weird, and they're it, multiple. There's two writers, and I feel like it shows how weird this is because it's Laurie Kirkland Baker. Oh, and and like, okay, which I mean, if you're a regular listener, we literally were just talking like two episodes ago about how Mm -hmm. she's very highly rated on our ratings thing. Mm -hmm. And Eric Zicklin, who so far has written two episodes, Merry Christmas and Motor Skills. Both Mm -hmm. very low rated episodes. Well, this actually explains my rating for this episode. Yeah. Like I almost don't want to count this as a Lori Kirkland episode because I feel like it taints it taints her like whole score. It's we unfair. should just not count this as a Fraser episode, personally. <laughs> but you know, whatever, whatever. Like, I don't feel like I hate it as much as you. So seem to, I think but... we were talking. I don't know if I talked on the podcast about this, but I follow quite a few Instagram Fraser Instagram accounts, mm-hmm. and somebody was talking specifically, or they were discussing this episode in particular. Okay. And a lot of people have strong thoughts about this episode. Okay, I am curious about what those thoughts are, because you didn't share that ahead of time. So why don't we talk about it? Um, Just in general, like what kind of thoughts? Well, some people really dislike this episode and feel like it's not a good Fraser episode. Mm-hmm. And then some people really like it because it gives background and insight into Martin's, mm-hmm. like, you know... It fleshes his character out more. Uh-huh. Which I do find, like, I do find the Martin stuff interesting. One, he's been shot for what eight years? Mm-hmm. Nine. Yeah, I'm assuming eight because we're in season eight, but it's almost season at the end nine. Of season eight. So like I don't know nine how years long before. Has he been going to this parole meeting ever for all these years? Probably not, because there has to have been like a minimum amount of time. Before he can be up for parole. Right. But the woman Which, the recognizes way, him. Like, that's the big reveal at the end of the episode. Like, we're going to find out he's been going to these parole hearings for the guy that shot him, essentially. But this is actually not what this episode is about. Right. No, it's just sort of, a, it's like simultaneously the most important thing in this episode and the least actually focused on thing. I think like the aspect of it i don't really have a problem with it mm-hmm. but the mom is talking to him like she knows him which probably would know from the like here like the trial probably. that happened i think this isn't the first parole hearing i don't think it's the first one i don't think it's the ninth one but i don't think it's the first one okay because no one seems to know where martin is which right. i find to be unusual yeah because he doesn't just disappear at the end and of the And he calls seven. and he's like, I just ran out to go to the track. <sighs> Why uh-huh. is he hiding that he's at the parole Probably meeting? because he doesn't want to have a personal conversation about, like, this is his sort of internal thing. And he doesn't, like, I don't think he's at a point that he ends up, want, he wants to talk about it and, like, what it means to be needing to make a decision on, or, like, like my, it, like what he has to say is going to have an impact on whether that person the okay, guy gets out. I, I think we should just get to the meat of this. I know that mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily the episode. Yeah. We'll talk about those other aspects of it right. because there's basically two other storylines which right. is like Roz borrowing Fraser's car mm-hmm. and then 
Fraser and Lana's thing. Right. And sort of Niles and Daphne. So three right. other. There's like four different kind of the, stories. Yeah. Like Roz is being sort of like another basic thing that's happening. Yeah. yeah. The Martin thing is basically a C plot that we see throughout the episode, but that is very. We can kind of go through like right now and has no bearing on what else happens. So yeah, yeah. let's just talk about that. Yeah. So throughout the episode, first we see him sort of pretending with Niles that he's at at like a track. Like, yeah, and I think you're right that the reason why he's covering it up is that he doesn't want to talk about it. Right. So I'm going to assume maybe that this is the second hearing. Because it's at least the second. Because uh, like, I would say like maybe one happened at four years and then this is the second one. Uh, more likely, I think it's that there was probably a minimum amount of time that he had to spend and then it might be annually. Oh, okay. So like, I don't, or like, because usually it's like, you know, you're sentenced to blah 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 years with possibility of parole at this point and I, so okay for as happened... many crime shows as i watch it's mostly about the forensics of mm-hmm. the episode and not about the like parole trial aspects right. mm-hmm. and like even if they do have a trial they don't really talk like they talk like blah blah, blah they're eligible for parole but they don't really ever talk about that aspect of it yeah the only time i feel like a show like that ever actually follows up on the possibility of parole aspect is when like did you hear they got out oh yeah 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 and then it's like okay that shouldn't be a big deal because if they got out then that means that they like the parole board has been convinced that they're like safe to be released like like if they got paroled you know so this whole thing is why one why does it go i I feel like to the mother how how old do we think this guy is because he's like i was young when that happened so is he like i guess he could be 30 now and he was like 22 yeah like i don't feel like he's very old like i feel like he's maybe younger than that he was maybe in like in his he might have been in his late 20s also i don't know how much time passed from him getting shot. That's why I would say like maybe show. like I would say like nine or ten years. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would say he's in like late late twenties, early thirties, and probably would have been like early twenties, late teens when he shot Martin. Probably early. But he 20s. was like working with some kind of the sounds weird, like a crime syndicate. Like they were like he's going in because he was going into a place and gets shot from lots of. Like, there was, like, a shootout, wasn't there? No, he busted in the door, and the guy shot at him. But I don't think there was just one got bad guy in there. I think there was multiple. Is that ever actually stated? I thought they were, like, in a warehouse. This is always... Actually, okay, what is everyone's view? Do they actually explicitly say exactly what happened? I feel like, yes. I'm pretty sure... But in my head, it was, like, there's a warehouse... And he goes in there. He goes in there without waiting for backup. I think he remember he thought he could handle it. I thought, and he doesn't call for backup. And he goes in there and he gets shot. I but thought I there were multiple people in, in there. He was the one at first, and he kicked in the door and got shot. I I was imagining, but there's it was never like an just apartment. like one guy. Well, sure, but I always imagined it was like an apartment. Like he was a drug dealer, and it was an apartment. It was a the... drug dealer. Well, I guess he was working vice, but like, was I he, a drug, he was a drug dealer? Yeah. We should know this. We should definitely know this. <laughs> I don't know. I just made the bad backstory in my head. Yeah. We should probably look in to see if like what the actual ex- full explanation is of what happened. It's been it's been 9 years. I don't remember it. It's been 9 years since we watched it. We can't remember. Um anyway, so my thing is I think the reason he's going is he's trying to make a decision in that moment of whether or not to say something that could either make the guy more or less likely to get parole and he's deciding i think he feels bad though because when he's in there he doesn't say anything but Mm -hmm. i do notice he's more on his cane than normal oh yeah it might i I feel like he's like he might be playing it up to make uh, it yeah which which maybe not totally on purpose but i just like his hip has gotten a lot better, mm-hmm. but I don't think he'll ever be nev- not bothered 
buy it. Right. So it's possible he's purposefully, like, he doesn't need to say anything. All he needs to do is stand up and have trouble standing up. And mm-hmm. that's going to influence the uh, parole board mm-hmm. because they're seeing a former cop who still can't. Really... I think it's really interesting the, how the mother is obviously feels badly for yeah. the thing that her son did, but obviously wants her son to be out mm-hmm. of prison. Mm-hmm. And I find that stance to be really interesting and kind of, I don't know, that's complex, I guess. Yeah. I mean, a lot of moms want their criminal like they're they're the convicted child to get out of prison i mean that's a common thing well i mean we hear about these things that he's doing where he's Mm -hmm. changed yeah but he i don't know how you can even tell and this is like a huge like social argument i guess Mm -hmm. we don't really know other than what we're being told right i mean arguably if you believe that the point of prison is rehabilitation then when you I, find I feel out- like the point of prison is just like, this is a person that did a bad thing and will keep them away from other people. Sure, but I feel like you keep them away from other people because you I feel like the they're I think the point is supposed to be re- rehabilitation, right. and it often doesn't seem to help some people. Sure, right. And like mm-hmm. I think that's fair, mm-hmm. um, that it, it, it can't help certain people right because certain people might have a personality disorder that where they're they're doing something without they don't have like remorse in the same way Mm -hmm. i'm not saying like i get that from this character and that there are a lot of people that do crimes that they did because they got in a bad situation and then they go to prison and realize they're away from the people and they wouldn't have done it anyway. Like they want to do this now because they have grown as a person. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what I'm trying to say is that like, if the point is rehabilitation and moving beyond that life and all of that, this guy seems to be showing that. Yeah, I agree with that. And which makes me wonder about Martin's decision to not say something. Well, he seems to feel badly for the mother. Yeah, my thing is like he, but he pauses right when he leaves the room, mm-hmm. and it's like, does he? He, it's almost like he wants to say something or console her, and then realize he, there's nothing he can ever say mm-hmm. because it's not really. It's almost like not his place, and like he's being nice. He's like nice and cordial to her, but it's like this weird. It's this. He wouldn't be here in this room if if the son didn't do this thing to him true of course it's yeah this this whole thing is like there is a lot there's, there's a lot, lot to unpack in yeah, this yeah. fairly small section of that episode this episode and uh i don't think we can actually properly do it justice and i don't know how parole parole works like i don't know how they decide that somebody is up like for that or not like how they decide like oh well it probably takes a few parole hearings to see somebody and, like, do they get their records from, like, are they starting fights? Are they doing... Yes. I would imagine. Yeah, you get all of that stuff. And, like, I feel like... So, I was going to say, I feel like nobody ever gets parole in the first try, but then I realized I might just be getting that from Shawshank Redemption, so that might not be accurate. I have no idea. I feel like my... A lot of our views, unless you have, like... A relative or a friend that's gone to prison, mm-hmm. um, I don't really know what it's like. And I can't speak to that because I have really no experience. And, like, everything is from, like, either a fictionalized version of it or a sensationalized version of it from, mm-hmm. like, some kind of show explaining it, which just confuses everything. And we don't really, I don't really know what's true and what's not. Like, I've read zines from mm-hmm. somebody. I don't remember if you remember that zine that we got. Yeah. That talked about like the prison guards, like they would do these raids, like mm-hmm. random raids, and like steal their things and like mess up their rooms yeah. and take things away without. They basically just had no control, mm-hmm. and it, it it's not a, g- a good place to be. No, you so uh, probably a much better uh, uh, 
forum for talking about or learning about this kind of stuff than a podcast about Frasier is uh, Serial Season 3, actually. So I'm just going to say we should pro- like wrap this bit up because yeah, like, no, like, I don't have but, anything more to say. But if you if this is an interesting topic, check out Serial Season Three. It's you don't need to know one and two really at all to yeah, they're all, they're, all separate yeah, stories. Uh, which but that's really good for that kind of discussion because it's all about the, like criminal justice system in general and prison and all those sorts of things. It's really good. We should probably just move on it's just sort of it is an interesting thing and i feel like we needed to talk about it i feel like it's the most important thing in this entire episode yeah i think this is the most important part of the episode but isn't what the episode's about (laughs) right so get back to the beginning let's jump back to the beginning (laughs) yeah so we're in fraser's apartment roz is there at the door with alice under like fake pretenses borrowing Fraser's car uh-huh. which is really for like some birthday party shenanigans yeah for Alice's birthday I don't thing. I don't think it's for Alice oh well take yeah sorry it she's well it says Roz is taking Alice and her friends to an ice cream party yeah is what it is but I don't think it's for Alice I think it's like somebody else like she helped to volunteer take somebody Oh, is that what it is? Okay. I don't know, but it's not like it's Alice's birthday. So she's there borrowing Fraser's car. Mm-hmm. He's worried about it because, of course, he's worried about mm-hmm. it. Especially when he finds out it's going to be with Alice's friends and not Roz's friends. Yeah. He thought it was going to be just Roz and her friends going to like a science museum. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, nope. No, nope. um, but I okay. So the, a really weird thing that happens is Niles comes in the shot, walking out of the elevator, and they do this weird shot of like him walking towards the camera. Did you think that was strange? Yeah, the, like they, they don't really don't... do that. Yeah, it's very rare. Normally, if they were going to do that shot, the camera they were going to ha- do that scene. The camera would be out in the hallway, mm-hmm. and they would be passing each so other. So I there. thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and then so Niles is there to pick up Daphne. They're going to go to the botanical gardens. Mm-hmm. Niles is a really weird thing here that I dislike, where he's like talking to Fraser and saying. Oh, can you can you believe that she, Daphne's ever been to the botanical gardens? Mm-hmm. And Fraser's like, she went there last year with, with Donnie. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, can you believe that she's never been? Like, don't why are you erasing that Donnie existed? Yeah. Don't do that. Not cool. We we literally just had this episode where you're trying to see her as a whole person. Yeah, the, that, so I, she had a whole relationship without you. You might remember you broke up the wedding. Uh huh. Because, yeah. okay, th- this is what relationships are. You can't pretend that someone doesn't have a past mm-hmm. before you met them. Right. Because that past is important to who they are now. Right. And you know what? She went to the botanical gardens with Donnie. It's mm-hmm. going to be totally different with her going with Niles. Uh-huh. Because it's- Niles wants to go look at the succulent, you know, special tour at, at noon. Yeah. Plus, it's botanical garden. Like... I'm sure it's very nice, but like that, like why, like I don't get. I what... think each new. It's hard to look like. It's hard for brains to get a wrap on this, uh-huh. but it's like when you experience somebody is something with somebody new. Mm-hmm. It's different because you're with somebody new, and you. It's really easy to like ruin things, like oh, you did this with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But it's like they're doing this with you, and they should. If you're dating somebody that's a good person, they're going to be focusing on you and having this new experience with you. Right. It's like we can all go on a cruise with somebody else. Uh huh. Well, I guess the point I was making with that is that, like, if you came up with a thing that you believed a person has never done, and the reason, and you're putting a lot of like work and money and like effort and energy into like this big elaborate thing because you feel like it's going to be really touching for them specifically because they want to do it and never have well this is like fraser remember fraser takes Mm. freddie camping and he thinks like oh this is your first camping trip and he's like no i've done this before right and that is basically ruins it for fraser right and then he realizes he realizes that that doesn't matter right but, like, I can see that being a thing, whereas opposed to this is, like, just, like, a place in Seattle they can just go, like, mm-hmm. easily to. Like, that. this isn't 
a big elaborate thing that's specifically good because it's like, her first time. Like, how many dates has Niles gone on at Catherine Nervosa? <laughs> Or uh-huh. meetings or whatever. Right. Does that make it not good when he goes to Catherine Novosa with Daphne? No. Right. It probably does make it good. Right. And like, I get it. Like, sometimes I get sad if Dave goes to a restaurant I like without me because I'm like, I want to go to that restaurant. <laughs> but uh-huh. that's okay because the restaurant hasn't burned down. It's still there. Right. I mean, hopefully not. <laughs> right. Right. It's not Cheyenne Ray. I was just going to say that. Hey, it reopened. It's fine. Uh-huh. Totally. Why would that ever be a problem? Okay, so when we find out, this is when we find out that Martin's not there. Eddie's got to get his like long morning walk. Mm-hmm. They got to go to the dog park. Mm-hmm. This is how we find out about the succulents tour. Which, <laughs> yeah. Niles is a hipster and was foreseeing the future where succulents are a thing. <laughs> uh-huh. They're a big deal. They're yeah no they definitely are more popular. They're all now. over Etsy. Uh huh. They're the thing, mm-hmm. the cool person thing to have. <laughs> cool person plant. Mm-hmm. Cool person, like it's like was mustaches and now it's just like yep I have a shirt with a bunch of succulents on it now. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a thing. I was not aware that it's a thing until right now. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and then like Fraser can't walk Addy because Lana's picking him up. Hmm. To do a tutoring session with Kirby, but we find out later that that is not what's happening. Yeah, that's not what happens at all. Yeah, oh, I, I forgot then, that was the setup for that. Yeah, and then okay, so he's calling to, calling BMW because he's super. He's got to get his car clean. And yeah. we find this weird. I don't know if I <laughs> yeah, care. Is... It doesn't matter at all. But like this whole like he finds out he's not like the top rank of special BMW care. Yeah, because he's got clean the clean team privileges card and it's platinum but it doesn't also not, have the diamonds it's not the diamond one yeah so it's not the, the diamond I, but the i do like niles's response to this which is the only reason why i'm talking about oh, it yeah, which yeah. is like oh i can't believe you, you're not diamond aligned <laughs> right that part was amusing yeah but, like the whole setup was weird like the whole like yeah of course i'm this and blah 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 like it's weird that fraser doesn't seem to know that this thing exists when he's already he's not that elite apparently not apparently not so now we're at the dog park mm-hmm. with niles Daphne, and eddie mm-hmm. they're playing some fetch they are i like that you know niles was trying to get into it uh-huh then we, then we meet jim and tank <laughs> uh-huh tank uh-huh. is a good dog name tank is a good dog name especially because this dog is a tank this is a big dog also i'm kind of scared of big dogs uh-huh me too if they do this mm-hmm and which is not to say I actually like big dogs. I just don't want to be jumped on by a big dog yeah. that I don't that I don't know, like a new right. big dog. If it's yeah. a dog I already know, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. But a random dog at a dog park, a little scary. Uh-huh. Especially because like the thing I find weird here is that it seems that Tank is extremely well trained. But an extremely well trained dog isn't gonna just jump up on a stranger like this. I also think it's strange where Jim is like, oh, this is your boyfriend. It's funny how you're always dating somebody when I'm single. Yeah. This is super inappropriate to be saying. Yeah, because essentially. He's like inserting himself up being like, too bad I can't date you now because you got a boyfriend. Yeah, well, because also the that, Im- that implies like a previous conversation like this between him and Daphne. Mm-hmm. But yet somehow he's just now finding out that she has a boyfriend but she would have known about donnie and maybe right. would have known about the breakup yeah but yeah because like that's the thing he there wasn't really a space between donnie and niles mm-hmm. there's never been a time mm-hmm. for a long time mm-hmm. that he could have been like yeah it's yeah weird. it's been like over it's been like two years essentially he's, he's never known like in a yeah in like two years he hasn't known single daphne who could have he could have dated if he was also single. So yeah, this part's weird. There's a lot of weird elements of this episode. Yeah, and then she's really psyched to figure out how to like make Eddie listen by mm-hmm. like your vo- voice tone. Uh-huh. Gotta talk in a certain voice. Mm-hmm. Dog. Every dog would listen to your voice if it Hi. spoke it in that. Hi dogs. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
I don't know. Like, okay, you, you everyone, use a dog voice. Everyone, put this. If if you've got a dog, put this on speaker or on a speaker or somewhere where the dog can hear it and see. All right, give a command. Sit. sit. Okay. Did your dog sit? Don't make fun of my voice. Okay. Did you make sure? Did the dog make fun of your voice? <laughs> see, it works. I feel like it worked. I feel like it worked. Unless, imagine, what if, for the first time ever, a dog made fun of somebody's voice in that moment? Why would it have to be me? What do you mean? Wow. No, I'm saying because you just said, "Don't make fun of my voice." So well, what I was if... saying that to you. Yeah, but the dogs heard it because you said it in the dog <laughs> the dog command voice. Okay, well, what's your dog command voice? I don't have one because I don't have a dog. You had a dog. Yeah, I. Usually... So what was your dog command voice? Higher because I hadn't gone through puberty yet. Okay, so, so... let's hear it. <laughs> no, um, so. <laughs> What what was my voice? Why was it so low? I don't know. You tell me. It's your dog command voice. I don't know. That's not the one I use with my dog. <laughs> you were just my doing... dog didn't behave at all. Well, cause... exactly. See, exactly. You just explained it. You weren't doing your dog command voice. He was just burglarizing the neighborhood. <laughs> just a criminal. Uh huh. Uh huh. Just stealing everyone's bread. <laughs> Okay, my favorite story about a dog, which is a true story that happened to us, mm -hmm. to my family, mm -hmm. not to Dave and I, was I was home. My mom had gotten, went to like a chicken, like a fast food chicken place, mm -hmm. like a local chain. Mm -hmm. And there was like chicken strips or something in there and like a little like roll, like a dinner roll. And somehow this this dog ended up like in our yard, like a larger dog like a little bigger than medium but not like huge not tank not tank size mm -hmm. and so my mom was trying it like followed her into our backyard which has like a, a gated fence uh -huh. and like my mom put the food down to try to wrangle the dog out or something and mm -hmm. anyway he ended up in the box grabbing the roll <laughs> out of there not chicken right. the roll uh-huh Going to the other side of the fence and burying it in our yard. <laughs> Not eating it. Uh -huh. Just taking the roll for later to hide in the yard. Uh-huh. It's a whole thing. That's a great story. I do love that. Um, I don't know where that dog... The dog went away. Mm -hmm. Like, it. I don't know, it wandered away. Mm-hmm. Which I felt like I thought it was going to get hit by a car. Like, we tried to figure out... But it... It must have went home. Mm -hmm. And then we saw, I remember seeing that dog again later out. I don't know where, whose dog that belonged to. Like, if it had, it was, like, in a yard and, like, dug out the fence. Because, mm -hmm. obviously, like, digging. Right. But, I don't know. Poor dog. <laughs> yeah. Poor dog just likes rolls. <laughs> just trying to burgle all the rolls. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and this is where we find Martin is at the track. Right. Because... Daphne goes up to learn her voice lessons right. from Jim, right. and and then yeah, the Niles quote unquote the track, right? Yeah, yeah, because Martin's like, oh, whoops, I left and I didn't, I didn't walk Eddie. This Kenny is Walker. weird behavior. Yeah. I think yeah. they he should have called him out on that. Well, no, I think he tried to, but Martin hung up right away because like he definitely can tell something is wrong. He has a reaction, like he knows something isn't normal here because he definitely like. Yeah, like when Martin says he's gonna go, he's like, "Wait!" Uh, and like he looks, he has a look, like he knows yeah, that yeah. something uh, yeah, is wrong. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So the next section is Mr. Happy Pants, which <laughs> is kind of a weird, yeah, title. But I guess it's like an opposite thing. Yes, obviously. So this is where we find out. Yeah, Lana wasn't bringing uh, Fraser to uh, to tutor Kirby. Apparently, she was bringing him to help her out with like prepping a house for that she was trying to sell yeah like he's supposed to be interested in the house so yeah but i feel like that other... isn't even his the the initial purpose it's like she decides to do that and also we see like the pre she's talking really loudly about how like awful the owner of this house <laughs> yeah. is and he hopefully and then he... he isn't here it'd be really terrible if he was here because i hate him i hate him so much and also <laughs> he's in the basement and he has like the saddest little box uh-huh and it's like the basement flooded. 
Yeah, and he has all this, you know, we find out his wife had left him and mm-hmm. the you know, took all the all American family along with her. They're two two girls and two boys. Mm-hmm. They're just gone. Uh-huh. They're gone with LeVar Burton. <laughs> what is Lamar? What? It was Lamar, not LeVar. Fine. Lamar Burton. <laughs> right. Good yeah. cover. Yeah. Like, I'm not falling for it. <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, he's just going through this box. I don't understand how the things on top could have, like, mildew on them and be yeah, ruined. It, yeah. But, like, the Popsicle house is just fine. Yeah. yeah. The only the bottom. Po- yeah. Popsicle like, stick house. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Only the very bottom of this Popsicle stick house has got some water damage. But it's like, yeah, you're right. The stuff on top of it got wet. Also, if this is so important to you, why do you have it in your basement? In a cardboard box. Like, well, probably from moving, but obviously been there for a while. Yeah, like, but the th- yeah, that's the thing. If it's for moving, you probably have but why wouldn't they have boxes. it in a closet somewhere else? Like, I get it, like, basement is usually storage, but you usually, like basements flood like that's yeah, a common his, thing you would elevate it he specifically said a basement flooded again clearly this is an issue why are you putting sentimental soft things that can be destroyed by water in a cardboard box in a spot in the basement that can get flooded and nothing good happens in a basement every movie everything bad that's ever happened has happened in the basement I was trying to think of a movie where I could contradict you, but I really can't think of one. I know. Like, everything <laughs> is bad down there. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It lives down there. <laughs> and it can be a lot of things. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is literally true. Yes. So, yeah, we find out. So, yeah, one of the things that got, one of the things that got destroyed is, I just found this part interesting, was, like, the stuff got destroyed and Fraser's like, offering up his, like, to suggest a dry cleaner. Oh, I guess, yeah. I guess. Yeah. For um, because he uh he uses them when he once spilled butter on a pair of white velvet pantaloons, which I like that he's like, oh, it was a complicated story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was he wearing white velvet pantaloons? I don't know, but he, but that dry cleaner had it out in under a minute. What dry cleaner does everything in under a minute? That is only the very best a diamond alliance dry cleaner i guess so it'd have to be okay so lana gets upset when fraser decides his ethics are more important than to help her yeah because yeah it's interesting how his ethics seem to come up at certain times and not Uh at other times yeah i I actually was pretty shady uh it's it's almost like Different people writing Fraser just decide to throw in his ethics when it's convenient for them yeah. in the storyline. Yep. Yeah, because he's like, I'm not going to like lie for you to help you sell this house because she wants him to like pretend to be interested. He lied to her about selling a house so that he could sleep with her. Like, But he won't lie for Which her. Which before would have bothered his ethics. Yes. Yeah. Because that's how I makes that noise that you always do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Though that was specifically about him, his psychiatric, like his psychiatric practice, how that would affect, like, because she was like treating him like a psychiatrist. And so it was like a thing where it's like she was basically a patient that he was sleeping with. And so that's where his ethics was like got to the point where he got sick. But yeah, he didn't have any problem lying to Lana to get her into his apartment that he was claiming to sell. Well, it's just convenient when his ethics come up, uh-huh. is all it I'll sure say. Is. It sure and is. And it causes Lana to lash out because she has rage issues, uh-huh. which is probably why they get along. <laughs> and yep. she breaks the little pop school stick house, mm-hmm. and it's all, probably br- blames it all on Fraser. <laughs> Does she say, like, now look what you made me do? Because that seems like something. She doesn't nice. actually, they don't actually say anything. They're just like, <gasps> and then the scene ends. Okay. You do know at the craft store that <laughs> you could just buy. You popsicles. just buy popsicles. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to buy forty-eight boxes of popsicles. One, you definitely don't eat need to eat all of the yeah, things. Just run them under hot water. If you need the sticks, oh, really I didn't fast, even think about doing that. Toss them all in the sink and turn on the hot water. Wow, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, if you can't go and buy sticks. Also, this house doesn't look like it has a lot of broken sticks. It just looks like it's separated. So all you need is glue. Right. I will say, some of them are broken. uh, But I don't entirely know how. Like, if you drop... I feel like if you drop a popsicle stick house like this, mostly, yeah, it just falls apart, maybe. Mm-hmm. But most of the pieces were still solid. You just stick most of that back together. You need a, you might need a few to fill in some spaces, but they're basically, like, they're going to start completely over. How long? It takes time to eat all those popsicles. Like, like how long would it take for them to eat that many? I don't know about war things. Popsicles are delicious. <laughs> sure. Now, here we are at, well... Is this when they finish assembling the house? And that happens later. No, this is just later. the beginning he's of it. He's talking about how, like, like basically it's a whole thing where, uh, like, he's willing to rebuild this house for, uh, I don't even remember the guy's name, Sad Boy. For, for Philip. Philip Philip the Sad Boy. Uh, so he isn't sad. And Lana's like, well, why can you lie about this and not lie well, there about- there is a difference. And not lie about selling the house. And one, yeah- uh, there's a difference of like tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, because if somebody's going to actually buy this house because somebody else is lying about wanting to buy it, that's a pretty big deal. But also, he's he's rebuilding a house to not make a sad guy sadder. Yeah. Like, he's protecting someone's mental health. So Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, lying about selling the house, wanting to buy the house so somebody else buys it for more money. Yeah, that's a much bigger deal. So we're back at the dog park, and Niles hatches a kooky scheme. Oh, man. Yeah, I hate this entire thing. So he believes... So Daphne and Jim are off having a grand old time learning about tank and dogs and all this (laughs) important stuff we all love because, Uh hmm, yes, Mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I like a good dog park. Well, I do too. Like, we were just talking about how much we love a dog party. Dog Parker is also a great thing. I have no problem with that part of it. Yeah, but Niles is just jealous. Yep, he sure is. And he could just say, he could just say, Daphne, don't say Niles. Though he could be doing a pep talk. Niles, yeah, you're jealous, and it's okay. Yeah, but he could just say, Daphne, I'm, I'm having feelings about this, and mm-hmm. this is the rational thing to do. Yeah. But he decides to do the irrational thing, which is in their relationship, they can each have one irrational demand, but only one throughout their entire entire relationship. Yeah, yeah. And he has come up with his. And he has gotten Daphne to agree to this. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm all about, I think it's important to understand that sometimes feelings are irrational Mm -hmm. and you need someone to understand like, this I know you don't understand this, but this is a rational feeling, so you have to understand that I'm having it. Right. Yeah, like, that's the thing. If that's all he said, it was like, I know this thing is irrational. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get past it. It's it's dumb, and I'm sorry, because I, like, not dumb, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, that, that's well, how I Well, it can make say. you feel dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it, it's not dumb. Feelings aren't dumb they're just your feelings but uh, but that's i feel like that's how i would say it about myself like like i know logically it doesn't make any sense it's not rational i understand that it's still happening i'm still feeling it and i need you to do this to help me with that so he he has the thing already Mm -hmm. conveniently yeah hey which is hey don't go to the stock park but you know daphne's really smart because she's like is this about jim and he's like no of course not but yes Uh but not really (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i love if if she if he had just given her a chance to say something and if he Mm -hmm. had just spoken the truth we would find out in the one second that this happens that jim is you know going on his rap tour to chile Mm -hmm. where he's living he's gonna live there forever forever now he's just gone yeah in like a week because you can't tell daphne to not go anywhere where some handsome man was Uh uh-huh or is Mm -hmm. so that there's no potential because that is life yeah you're going uh, the next dog park's gonna have a handsome man in it Mm -hmm. like there's always gonna be a gym in a tank Mm -hmm. a gym in a tank (laughs) It's crashing through the dog park. Mm-hmm. Handsome is worldwide. <laughs> True. Yeah. Tank is pretty handsome. <laughs> he is pretty handsome. He is pretty handsome. Yeah, this entire... this is. This, we're but I we're do, back to our thing. Just say the things. 
But I love things. Daphne saying mm. like, oh, I wonder what my demand's going to be. Well, I have years to figure it out. Uh-huh. Which one should make Niles feel yeah. good. Yeah. She's planning on years. She's already She's saying planning. like, I'm confident in our relationship where I'm going to stay with you for years. So mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about this. Yep. Exa- that is that is the one positive out of this. I will say, like, you know what I think is Niles should do is find out if there are, if there's anybody that can teach him about like relationship therapy or anything like that. Like, find somebody who like really specializes in like helping relationships. Like, I think he should go to a group. Yeah, yeah, like a relationship group. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he should find one of those. If mm-hmm. only there were one of those he could find that mm-hmm. would give him some idea of like how to talk to your partner and how to like make relationships work and mm-hmm. make sure you don't do these irrational things uh, without at least I talking mean, you'll to them do, first. You'll do the irrational yeah, things, but, but you should like, talk about talking it. Talking about it first. Mm-hmm. Like maybe some kind of a, a talk therapist that focuses on uh, relationships. Yeah, that would be interesting. I'd like to see the direction the show will go in. <laughs> so yep. the next scene is the Martin scene where I wrote, since we don't know where he is at this point, right. I just put Martin wherever. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. And we find out, so the name of the mother, who we don't know is the mother then, is Joanne. Right. And this is like the scene mm-hmm. before they have the like parole meeting and they're sort of like just having a chit chat. Mm-hmm. And it's cordial, it's yeah. fine, but... An important line in this, I think, is the part where he's like, you know, time really flies, and she's like, yeah, a little slower for me, which, like... Yeah, I think that's a good line, too. Yeah. Okay, so now we're back at the house, Philip's house for sale, mm-hmm. and we find out that Fraser doesn't really think of them as friends, and and I can see why. Yeah. Because Lana just calls him like a dingus right after it. Yeah, definitely calls him a dingus. Because she's so, like, brash, but, like, she obviously thinks of him as a friend. Yeah, I think she does think of him as a friend. He's a little gross here. He's a gross. Oh, yeah. He definitely does a gross. And, and she thinks it's gross. Yeah, and and has a pretty good response to it, I think. But, yeah, he's definitely gross in this moment, which, like, he, he is talking that, like, about his high school self. True. You still don't need to say it. You don't need to say it. If, if they were dating regularly, I could see this being like him saying this thing that he says that I think is gross. But like, I mean, like, it, I get. Yeah, it's like inappropriate. It depends the level of your relationship. Yeah. Because him saying like, oh, I would have loved to see you like eat a popsicle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little... Yeah, it's a little much, but I guess like since they're friends. Yeah, but he doesn't think of them as friends. Yeah, I this don't is, know. This they are not at a level where this is appropriate, really. It's, it's I yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is for them. Maybe, maybe. So anyway, the Smolenskis are here. <laughs> Did you say the Smolenskis? That's their name, the Smolenskis. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're the elderly couple that's thinking about buying this house. Okay, so I love this thing where Fraser has put this like paper bib on, essentially. Yeah, because he smock. spilled some popsicle on his shirt. Yeah, and he has the popsicle in his mouth, and then they're just like, "Oh, look at this cute child," essentially. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or, or I guess like the thinking is, I don't know, like they're childlike person. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, he's got basically a giant bib, and he's thing, like building and a house, building a popsicle yeah. stick house, eating a popsicle mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, which I think is actually fine. They're being very nice. Yeah, they're being what very they nice. think is the situation. Yeah. So we see like Lana's like you think in your head that this might blow the sale, but I think Fraser kind of clinches the sale by being so cute building the house. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does say. I love the part where he goes on to basically say, be honest to yeah. Lana and like yeah, their response is, oh, he's quite verbal. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because she's like lying to them about the flooding. She claims it's only ever flooded. It's a 60 year old house and it's only ever flooded twice. And mm-hmm. it's like, we know it's flooded more than that from mm-hmm. from Philip Sadboy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so like he like makes her be honest about it. And essentially it's like, okay, well, if you'll. Well, they sold the house, it seems like. Yeah, because. 
instead of Frasier lying to get them to spend more, he makes her be honest and like try and get a break in the price, mm -hmm. which honestly, if she's been trying to sell this house for 15 months, my thing is like, if you, if you're spending this much time trying to sell this house, you aren't trying to get a break in the, get like a higher price at this point. You're trying to sell it. You're trying to yeah. finish this job and get it over yeah. with because you have wasted a lot of time. Mm hmm. So, like, she's probably better off having sold it at a lower price than, you know, trying to, like, cheat them into a higher one. So, so the honesty part here is interesting because you're talking about, like, turning the house around, which is glued to the table. Yeah, yeah. And then Lana doesn't speak up about it. Yeah, she just picks the entire house and table up and turns it around and sets it back down. Which, like, I just think about, like, how weird and like the weird like what happens with philip when he gets home and finds that sitting there glued to his table like like what is the like uh like aftermath of that like just think about like you you as a person you just blame it on, we know philip's just gonna blame it on himself well that's fair he did take a popsicle stick house that he knew was wet on the bottom that was made of glue and stuck it on the coffee table. It's I don't think he even needs to rationalize it. It just that's what he would do because he's Philip Sad Boy. True, that's true. But I'm think I guess I'm thinking for me if I like set a thing on a table and like left the house and when I came back it was like glued solid to that table. Like the the I would I would be running through so many different scenarios in my head to try and figure out how that could possibly happen. Like what happened in this house ghosts <laughs> it's got to be like glue ghosts definitely <laughs> makes sense so then we have the next section mm -hmm. which is weird that it even has a title because it's like two seconds long yeah yeah mommy dearest so they're back it's like alice and Roz outside fraser's apartment to return the car keys but it may no one's home yeah I don't know. Maybe she has it. Does she have a key to Fraser's house? Maybe? I don't know. She, I wouldn't be surprised if she does, but we find out that like Alice like threw up in the car mm -hmm. and that she's going to lie about it, but no one is home, so it doesn't matter. And yeah. She's like bribing her with like M&Ms, unless this is during a different this time. This might be later. This might be later. I mean, I know like Lana and Fraser leave, but I would assume that now Fraser is going to go tutor Kirby. Probably. Um, but yeah, I guess it could easily just be that like this Fraser's is supposed home. to be set way further, like after Fraser gets home, mm -hmm. uh, because like she's talking about it as if they're going to. It's what Alice is going to tell Fraser. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I I guess it's got to be then. So. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think if my kid was sick, I wouldn't be giving them more candy just because their yeah, tummy she would gives hurt. Her, yeah, because she gives her the M and M's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I think if I'm sick, especially if she was sick because of the ice cream. Mm -hmm. She probably doesn't want or need more sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that brings us to the I stuff guess this is the like contradiction with being honest. But Roz oh, is yeah, never yeah, yeah. Roz is always kind of bending the truth for herself anyway. She, she did just last episode talk about wasting perfectly good honesty on Frasier. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's, I'm not in any way surprised about this. So and then this is the parole hearing that mm -hmm. we've already sort of covered and Yep. I don't think we have really anything more to say about it. Probably not. I will say, uh, so the transcript here refers to him as a man in his 20s. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if assuming this is at least, if he is in his 20s and this is at least nine years ago, probably mm -hmm. more, probably closer to 10 years ago. Yeah, he could have been like 17. Could have been like, yeah, he's probably was in his late teens mm -hmm. when this happened. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. I mean, yeah, a person that is... Eight, uh, there's a huge difference between like 18 and like 27 or whatever right. so it, right. it's yeah he... yeah it's a difference between like there's a difference between I think between being a like career criminal that finally gets caught and someone who is in a bad place when they're in their late teens and realizes in prison what they did wrong and works to like rehabilitate themselves mm -hmm. and all that and then like yeah, there's a major. Difference I mean, I think the thing is like in media, we only hear about the bad, like the bad. We don't right. hear because it doesn't make the interesting story. Like, oh yeah, I went to prison and now I get it. Right. I don't do the bad stuff anymore, and I realize like I was in a bad place, and I like regret 
the life that I lived before. We mm-hmm. don't really hear those stories very often. Right. Which is because it's sensation sells, right? Like that's what is interesting. People want to hear the like bad stuff, the really bad stuff. They don't want to hear or they want to hear something like crazy good, like the total opposite of that. Right. Nothing just like normal, like, yep, I did a bad thing and then I, you know, now I don't do bad things anymore. And right. It's cool. And it's yep. fine. Mm-hmm. So we just don't hear that story very often. That's true. And, and then here we are at the dog park, still at the end. <laughs> yeah. Niles is basically playing fetch because Eddie won't. Yeah, playing fetch with himself. Yeah, because he yeah. tosses the rope and he doesn't go get it, so he goes to get it, and then uh, Daphne pats his head. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Yay, cuteness. Which is, it's weird how it's like this cute little like wrap up of what otherwise has a very serious ending. Yeah. So yeah, and now the fastest wrap up ever of this podcast, I think, because drinks in this episode. None. Nope. Oh, wait, he's drinking coffee or something in the cafeteria, and she's, like, carrying a cup, but we don't know what it is. Right, nobody ever says what it is. I'm assuming it's probably some kind of coffee, but yeah. Uh, So, no named drinks in it. No callers, because they're never in the studio. Did you have a a word for what's the good word? Nope. Nope, didn't think so. So, ratings. I guess let's rate the episode. Oh, uh, hold on, I have to go to my rating. 2.5 old Weezers like Eddie. (laughs) Ice. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's what I'm going to give as well. 2.5 LeVar Burtons. And, uh, <laughs> and then that brings us to the section of the episode called We're Listening, where we respond to messages you send us on Twitter at Fraser Podcast or emails at FraserPod at gmail.com. And we didn't get any this week. So if you want to write to us, we'll respond to it. We just don't have any this week. So that's why I'm saying this is a real fast wrap up to this one. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good, because I didn't especially like this, so I'm ready to be done talking about it. So, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, Did you have anything else you want to say before we're done? Nope. Excellent. So, with that, this has been episode 823, A Day in May, and this is TGIF Arcade wishing you all good mental health. Hold up. Just had a thought. Usually, this ends, the, like, the uh, the May episode that's, like, okay, two things about this that I Isn't just realized. Isn't this birthday time? Martin's birthday time, and or it was until it became Alice's birthday time. The ice cream party has to have been Alice's birthday. Alice got always, like, her birthday is always right at the end of the season. Okay. So, yeah. But it's weird, because now it's become Martin's parole hearing time. It's a lesser-known semi-sonic song. <laughs> anyway, bye! Toss Salads and Scrambled Eggs is a production of TGIF Arcade. For more info about the show, find us at Fraser Podcast on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. You can also write to us at FraserPod at gmail.com. Diana is at Sweet Lime on Twitter, and I'm Slow Motion Walter just about everywhere on the internet. If you like the show and want to help us do more, you could consider making a small monthly donation at Patreon.com slash TGIF Arcade. Thanks for listening! Good night! Seattle, we love you!